0: You will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. I have been wanting to bring a Jonathan Baxter episode back into the live catalog for some time now. And starting with his episode, Learning to Compromise Well, felt like just the right place. Jonathan Baxter is a licensed mental health counselor, and he also happens to be my husband, and he has been a fan favorite of Edit Your Life listeners for some time. Not only does this conversation reflect his very first appearance on this show, then episode 28. But it's been a while since I have broadcast a relationships-focused episode, and the topic of compromise is a good thing to work on pretty much always. It's really wild to think that this episode was originally recorded in 2015. John and I have evolved so much individually and in our relationship in the last eight years. Also, it's worth noting that amidst the pandemic, we also launched a podcast together. It was called Hello Relationships, and we were only able to do a single season, and it was such a joy. There have been requests for us to bring it back. We have thought about it, and life has just been a little bit too busy, and we haven't gotten to it. Who knows? Maybe something wild will happen, and we will launch a second episode someday soon. I don't know. (laughs) Now, back to the topic of learning to compromise well. It's worth noting that I was someone who grew up in an adversarial household. It was so hard to be heard. And in any moment where I had conflict, say, with a sibling, even if it was minor and I knew I was wrong, I would still dig my heels in because I was so very desperate to have agency over something. This conversation with John was so eye-opening back in 2015. And listening to it again offered so many good refresher touch points. It was humbling, for example, to be reminded that I used to be one of those people who felt like compromise meant you were losing something instead of the fact that it means you're meeting someone in the middle and hearing them and really looking at one another as team members. I hope you enjoy this conversation. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you struggle with boundaries and the general complexities of peopling? Relationships are necessary to our well-being and some relationships are just, well, complicated. A good chunk of the work I have done in therapy centers on relationships, how to own my part of the story, how to let go of relationships that are toxic, and how to navigate challenging relationships in a way that doesn't drain me. And all of this work helps me show up better for myself and also as a partner, mom, friend, family member, and business owner. If you're thinking of starting therapy, check out BetterHelp. This online therapy platform was designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash edit. As you know, I am all about micro-improvements, and if you'd like to dedicate a little time each day to learn a language, I have a great solution for you. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app that offers 10-minute language lessons designed to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Materials are rooted in real-life situations, so you can learn important basics such as ordering food and asking for directions. Babbel offers personalized learning content, real-time feedback, tracking, and visualizations, and their speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. No matter what level you are looking for, casual, intense, or something in between, you can enjoy app lessons, podcasts, and live classes from the comfort of your home on your schedule. Here's a special limited time deal for Edit Your Life listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for Edit Your Life listeners at babbel.com edit. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash edit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash edit. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, John, I'm... Just so thrilled to dive into this topic with you because for many reasons, um, but personally, this is something you and I have worked on a lot, and I'm sure it's something that you deal with a lot in your practice.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, in some ways, compromise, I think, is the, the central nature of relationships. So we're not just talking about compromise. We're really talking about how you interact as a couple and what the flavor of your your marriage or partnership is like. So, yeah, there's lots to it.
0: Yeah. And I know from my own writing and community that compromise or perhaps lack thereof is a real major pain point for many couples. Um, you might remember, um, and I'll link this post in the show notes, but a couple of years ago on our 14th anniversary, I wrote a lessons learned piece on the power of compromise. And the response was overwhelming. I mean, I think clearly. Compromise is hard from both sides of the plate, and you and I both know that some of my baggage on this in our relationship comes from um, not really liking being told what to do or not to, to do. So, you know, everybody's going to bring their own baggage to the table, and I was just curious to start um, what you think are some of the contributing factors to what I am now calling compromise dissonance.
1: So I think that we're at a funny place in our world with the word uh, the word compromise. There was a time and a place where compromise was, I think, generally seen as a good thing. And now when people talk about somebody being compromised or, uh, you know, when politicians try to promote themselves, they talk about being uncompromising. We've almost made a dirty word out of compromise, like it's giving Mm -hmm. up somehow. So um, I do think that that's a major obstacle that people come to the table thinking that if they compromise, that they are somehow giving in or losing or giving up Um, and that's a a fundamental thing that has to change if you're going to um, see your partner as your teammate and move towards improving the health of the system overall and realizing that that's to your benefit as an individual in the system as well compromise style can even change within the relationship you may find that sometimes you're the person pushing pushing your point of view and other times other places in the relationship you just give up on it and don't don't really Mm -hmm. Make it present at all. Uh, my vision of a healthy compromising style really is around being able to do both of those things: both be assertive, which means being present in the relationship with what you want, and also knowing that it's not a tragedy if you don't get what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so there's a um, kind of a double side, being good at both sides of the coin. And when I'm working with couples, I'm inviting both both members of the couple to be able to do both of those things instead of having one person dominate one style and one one the other.
0: Yeah, compromise within compromise. Um we'll get we'll actually get to some specific strategies very shortly, but you know, there's one thing I wanted to parse a little bit further. So, when you and I originally started talking about this episode, um I think I just kind of titled it learning to compromise and then later you recommended an edit to just call it learning to compromise well, so um, I was just wondering if you could walk listeners through why that's an important distinction.
1: Sure. Um, I think that learning to compromise for a lot of people will sound like learning to give in. And as I was, I think what I was trying to say before is that giving in, if that, that experience isn't, that's only half of what's going on in, in a strong compromise and a good compromise. That um, I see far too many people who are um, over compromising, if you want to say it that way. They are looking out for other people's needs in relationship before their own. And so they um, over and over again say, "Okay, I will do what my partner wants to do, uh, which then tends to build resentment um, or an experience of being unfulfilled or in some cases kind of a sense of, um, well, I'll compromise here without really letting my partner know that i'm doing that but in return i'm going to get what i want over here Mm. Uh, and so you have a sort of the the judge and jury are existing is within one person's head
0: uh the mind reader problem that's something that i know i i i work on that
1: (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't going to call you by name
0: that's fine that's fine (laughs) i've owned it on the show so that's fine (laughs) um yeah, that's so, so interesting. So you
1: asked what's a, what a strong compromise is, or what a um, why we don't want to just say learning to compromise more, and but learning to compromise better. I think that it's the couple's responsibility to try to create uh, negotiations that create a spirit of feeling like you're a teammate mm-hmm. that you're that you can trust in the other person that your other your partner is not your adversary or your enemy, and you don't benefit from putting one over on them, and that instead you're looking for creative solutions to dilemmas that um, even if in the individual solution both parties aren't getting exactly what they want in the big picture you're both getting what you need mm-hmm.
0: So interesting. okay so let's um, you know you and I offline have talked about some different concepts and I, I really want to dig into those there and I think a good starting place um, and we've started to address um, is that there there are different types of compromise personas so I just wanted to, Dig into this a little further and, um, you know, basically, if you can help listeners figure out what kind of compromiser they are.
1: Sure. So, it, like I said, I'm not sure it's black and white, but for the purposes of the exercise, um, one easy way to do this, if you don't know already your own sort of role in negotiation or compromise, is to just look back in the last whatever week, month, year, and say, okay, can I remember any time when I didn't get what I wanted? Is there a time when I can remember intentionally letting go of something that I thought I wanted for my partner's benefit? Because if you can't remember that, then there's a good chance that you're the person who's pushing really hard, insisting on getting what you want. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is, can you remember the last time that you stood up for yourself, that you said to your partner, I know this isn't easy or convenient or good for you or if it doesn't feel good, But this is really important to me. So we need to figure out some way for me to get this. If you can't remember that, there's a good chance that you're rolling over too much.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you best recommend somebody goes about this process like journaling or just, you know, reflecting quietly? I guess I ask because I think and I guess know from personal journey that it can be hard to untangle a feeling of um I want to win this battle (laughs) from its imperative that this happens, you know, which may or may not be the case. So is it a matter of, I don't know, sort of collecting data on previous conflicts? I'm just sort of curious to try to dig into that a little more.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think you're getting at the crux of intentional personal growth. How do when you run into a place in yourself that some part of yourself is standing up and fighting for something with all of its force? And then your brain steps back and looks later and says, maybe that wasn't that urgent. Maybe I didn't really have to win that one. What was that about? Why was I pushing so hard on that one? And how can I be different in the next circumstance? The ideas you mentioned, journaling is great. Um, Some people are internal processors and are going to do that through a lot of reflection, writing. Other people, it's useful to talk to your friends um, do it more externally, um, creative disciplines, talk to your local psychotherapists, um, all those, all the ways that we reduce the fear reactions in those moments in relationship and can get back to that experience of this is the person I love. This is the person I've chosen to be with. They're not actually a threat to my well being. So the parts of me who fight so hard can stand down a little bit.
0: Right, right. And so you, um, You've mentioned strong compromise. So, um, you know, they're basically you're making a distinction between two types, right?
1: Uh, Again, probably not black and white, but I do think that there are that a strong compromise is one that both part that serves the system. It's not just about giving up something or bullying your partner into getting what you want. The um, the in the best case, I think there's the the possibility for uh creative solutions that actually do move both people Mm. there's some some example in the negotiation or mediation world of how do you split an egg and you know if both people insist on grabbing it and pulling you're going to crack the egg and nobody gets gets to use it um the the better than a compromise solution is that you figure out that one person wants the egg white and one person wants the yolk and they can both get something out of it um to get there, it's kind of a simplistic example and it may not always, there may not always be a everybody wins solution, but I do think it brings up the point that not getting pinned down into, um, it either has to be my way or your way, but in being open to creative possibilities, how, you know, so one person says, I want to go to Las Vegas for the weekend and the other person says, I can't believe you're abandoning me here. How that maybe there's some solution that involves something else that maybe what's really important about going to Las Vegas is not Las Vegas, but is getting to spend time with friends, and there's some other way to make that happen that isn't so painful for the partner who's staying at home
0: mm-hmm. yeah you you've referenced the importance of I don't know, like just at a baseline, so to sort of identifying as a team and realizing you're both on the same side, <laughs> which I think is useful both in relationship, you know, as, as adults, but also um, with kids, too. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com edit for 25% off. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, The preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And what aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash edit. That's storyworth.com slash edit to save $10 on your first purchase. Um, so I'm curious, where in this equation would you fit the, the personality of wants to win all the battles, right? Because there's, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think um, using the word personality is interesting because I do think some of this is personality type. And when we say personality, at least in my world, usually we're talking about things that are relatively inflexible, that if you are a some people are more comfortable in argument, for example, and so mm-hmm. they, don't, they are OK working through negotiation in a sort of um, more adversarial kind of way. I'm going to sort of d- debate club model. I'm going to say my side of this and push the point. And see if it holds up. Um, And the other people feel that kind of conflict is is more aggressive or hurtful and um, they don't feel emotionally held in those moments. So I think knowing your own uh, conflict style, knowing how your personality drives you in moments where you're feeling threatened or like you're not getting what you want is really important. And having your partner know your style as well. Mm -hmm. So that You might begin to see your partner's behavior as, oh, this is how they are, not as, this means they don't like me or this means that they're um, always going to insist on getting what they want. I mean, so for just for example, you know that um, I really liked whether it's personality or upbringing or whatever, I really like to have my no heard. You asked earlier about my style. So if you say, hey, honey, can you drop this off for me? You have to put up with about five minutes of me saying, no, I'm not doing that. I don't have time for that. (laughs) And then once I know that that's out there, then usually I'll say, "Okay, give me the thing. I'll drop it off.
0: Right. Out out there and heard like, you know.
1: Yes. That it's that has been respected that I can say no if I want to. Then I kind of have to assert that first and then can say, oh, yeah, sure. I can fit that in on the way to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you didn't know that about me, then you might perceive that as my inflexibility or unwillingness to be helpful. Um, or just being kind of a jerk. So hopefully I'm being less of a jerk and more just expressing my um, inherent (laughs) nature. At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. (laughs)
0: I'm there. I'm there with you. Um, Oh, this is so, so interesting. Okay. So um, strong compromise is basically what we should be striving for, right? Um, So how, how do we get there? What are some starting points there?
1: Uh, so it's hard to generalize, but I think that all these things that we're talking about, knowing that, um, knowing your personality style and your argument style and making sure your partner knows that. Mm-hmm. Reminding yourself that there's abundance in your relationship, that if you don't get everything that you want right now, that doesn't mean that you're losing out in the big picture. Um, checking in about the seriousness of the conflict. So is this, is what's happening happening? that you're disagreeing about actually a reflection of some bigger issue that needs to be addressed. If the person who's going to Las Vegas for the weekend is that's actually a symptom of you get to do whatever you want in this relationship. And I never get to do anything I want. uh, Then the compromise takes on bigger meaning. So recognizing if you're talking about bigger picture issues and not uh, just trying to resolve a particular dilemma. Right. Um, Not being afraid to ask for outside help. Mm -hmm. And just the list goes on and on. There's lots of ways to make yourself a better partner in relationship or make your relationship stronger.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I just need to, um, make a note here, just a, a verbal note, because, um, what you just said, I think it was the second point about, um, the abundance piece and sort of having confidence in that. I, that was just so pivotal in me learning to be a better compromiser. And I think, um. You know, I was definitely, I would say, and I, I hope I'm getting better at this, but my perspective was definitely more of the don't want to get bossed around, need to win the battles kind of. And I wasn't trying to be confrontational, but that was just kind of how it was happening. And um, in that blog post that I mentioned, um, one of the and this is sort of a summary of the quote. But, you know, Asha had said to me when I was kind of wrestling with a particular New York opportunity, she said, um, I know this is a hard decision, but the sadness you will feel about not going to New York will be so trivial compared to the hit your marriage will take. If you do go, you've shown time and again that there will always be more opportunities. Just let this one go. And that was really, you know, it's funny. I mean, you said that same thing to me in various permutations. And I think sometimes maybe it's just helpful to hear it from somebody who's outside of the outside Mm -hmm. of the confrontation or whatever. But. I think for people who tend to be on that more sort of battle side of things, I think that's a really, really good point that you made about the abundance piece.
1: So, yeah, I hear two things in there and you, you alluded to both of them. One is that knowing that uh, you don't have to fight every battle to the, to the, you know, always fight to the hilt, that um, there are going to be many chances to have things that you want in your life. That's, that's one piece that helps compromise. And the other thing I hear there is that that was easier for you to hear from a trusted friend and from somebody who's as um, objective and kind hearted as Asha is. So mm-hmm. ha- having trusted allies in the world who you can check in with, especially if you know you're that kind of person who personality wise processes uh, more easily, sometimes with another person or with an external uh, sort of objective voice, uh, then not being afraid to go to that, I think, is is a uh, knowing yourself that way is really important.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm curious also, um, you know, I think that um, you mentioned, um, goodness, it was one of your last points, but about asking for help. And that is uh, definitely something I know a lot of people um, wrestle with. And so I was just curious about, I mean, my framework of, again, is from the more like wants to win all the battles, former person, but if you're somebody who's in a weak compromise position, you know, your baseline and challenges are going to be a lot different. So do you have any recommendations for first steps, you know, to take if you are on the weak compromising side?
1: Sure. Um, I think that can be both of those sides, the sort of more assertive or bossier side and the um, more passive or rolling over side Um I think that both of those are pretty unpleasant positions to be in, but there's a powerlessness that comes with being on that weaker side or the more Mm -hmm. passive side that I think is pretty awful or can be. Um, Remembering that this is, and people don't always like to hear this, but I will say that um, remembering that by being over compromising, if we want to call it that, that you're actually not doing your relationship any favors, Mm. I think is an important point that you're, um, by saying what you want in a clear way first knowing what you want because lots of times people don't realize what they want but getting aware of that and then bringing that present in the relationship and having the confidence that the relationship can hold that and tolerate it you're actually being more authentic and more caring for your relationship so there's kind of a paradox that i think people sometimes think the best thing they can do is deny their own will at all and say, I, I, I don't care. I'll do whatever you want to do. Uh, And then actually that's not a real strong relationship stance. Mm -hmm. It's actually much stronger to say, this is important to me. Can you help me figure out how to get it?
0: Yeah. It's always, it's all, I just feel like it always all boils down to like honest, clear communication. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's so hard for us as people to subject. articulate what we want.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Think about it as being honest with yourself first before you have to be honest with somebody else. And yeah. the, that's a challenge too. I think if you want steps for this, it's a good idea to go through the exercise. Can you say clearly what you want? So before you even approach your partner, can you say clearly, this is what I want. This is what would feel good to me. And then you, can you say clearly what your partner wants? Okay. I see what you want here and say it back to them. And see if you got it right. That's a good place to start conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: So those are sort of your first steps in kind of negotiation tactics in general, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, once you're at the point of yes, this is um, we're just getting down to this particular dilemma, and you know this isn't necessarily a uh, um, indicator of some bigger thing in the relationship. I think that you owe it to your partner and to yourself to know clearly what it is that you want and to be able to say that clearly, and then you owe it to your partner and yourself to be able to say clearly what your partner wants. So mm-hmm. get that part down. And then the the piece I would add to that that's less mechanical and more emotional is while you're doing this, can you find some part of yourself that remembers that you still really care about that person that you're with? Mm. I think it's a, it's a really important um, part of effective arguments, which I think you know, learning how to argue effectively is one of the key things that couples do in order to last over time and build, build uh, improving relationships and fun relationships over time. Um, can you figure out when you're arguing how to only give 80% of yourself to the argument and keep 20% in the, this is the person I love and care about and I want them to get what they want to. Hmm. That's, that's, that's hard work.
0: It's hard work, but it's, it's so powerful. And, um, you know, actually I think in our, Asha and I had an episode on, you know, prioritizing your partner and spouse. And I think one of her tips in that was about like assuming the best in your partner, you know, that even if you're disagreeing, you know, assuming that they they care. And I it's just kind of amazing to me how quickly and easy it is to lose sight of that. I don't know. It's yeah,
1: I think it's that's a great point and a great um, sometimes will be a really effective key a sort of trigger to snap yourself out of that totally defensive position. The piece I would add to that is that sometimes you're not seeing your partner's best mm-hmm. sometimes, and you're certainly not going to be showing your partner your best all the time. Um, I think that remembering that part of what we do in relationship, in committed relationships, is give each other permission to not be at our best all the time. Mm-hmm. And and so on. as the person who is Maybe feeling triggered, feeling scared, feeling like I don't get what I want, or why is this person trying to take this away from me instead of stuck in resentment or whatever. To try to remember this isn't my highest self right now, and even say that out loud. Hey, I know I'm being a jerk right now, or Hey, I know I sound like a whiny baby right now. But this is what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, and let yourself have both sides of that. I think is all is another way of doing what you said before, which is being really honest and, and present in relationship.
0: I think that's awesome and I'm I'm going to totally steal that note out of your playbook. And listeners, I should say that whenever a lot of the times when John and I are talking about stuff where he's helping me figure something out, I always want to have a pencil and like uh, luckily I have a pen with me. But I think there is something powerful in in just admitting okay, I, I I feel like I'm being a baby or you know because it it is hard. It's like a very vulnerable place to be, especially when it it both Involves being vulnerable and involves kind of making an ask of somebody. It's it's a lot. It feels like a lot of stuff tangled together
1: going on at once. I think that's really well said. You're doing two things at once. You're feeling vulnerable because you're maybe not getting what you want, but then also you're not necessarily showing your best. You're more personally vulnerable in that moment. And many of us grow up in environments where um, those vulnerabilities are attacked instead of held. Mm. So when you're at less than your best in an argument, you get called on it and insulted for it. Or, or um, at least uh, not treated kindly for it. So I, you know, I think if if your partner can say something like, um, "Yeah, okay, so you sound like you this is this doesn't sound like your highest self I'm hearing right now," but not jump on you for it and not mm-hmm. belittle you for it, uh, then you both just sort of acknowledge what we all would would admit to be the reality anyways, which is that we're not always at our best in relationship.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting, and um I should mention one other related point is that um so I always have Asha look at my notes when I'm kind of getting ready for an episode because she's you know she's smart, and she mentioned another tactic that she tries to keep in mind um that I just wanted to get your thoughts on too was to stick to the topic at hand and not let it bleed into other issues or generalizing statements such as like you always or you never so I don't know if you see that a lot in your practice or or deal with that or what your thoughts are i'd I'd be curious
1: yeah i think it's a great idea um for solving the particular issue at hand it raises the question of well what happens when those statements have truth to them so what happens if the well you never um whatever care about you always get to go out but you never care about me going out what if there's truth to that? And mm-hmm. so what if the argument that you're having is not just about compromise, but about the bigger picture balance in the relationship. And I think um, a lot of what we're talking about today applies to that, but is also, it's kind of a bigger, bigger issue too. So I, you know, there's maybe couples when they're talking about compromise want to give themselves permission to say, um, Hey, are we arguing about this Thursday night or are we arguing about this in the big picture?
0: Hmm very interesting always always lots of perspective here um so i just i i don't know john if you have other thoughts i feel like we covered a lot actually on sort of identifying who you are in you know the the compromise equation um you know trying to figure out some negotiation tactics um you know moving from the positions of whether you're on the strong or weak compromiser side um. Is there anything else critical that we missed that you wanted to bring up before we, we get to your next edit?
1: No, I think this is great. And I think that um, it's really easy to say and it's hard to do when you're in the moment of conflict. So maybe this is easier to hear if you're thinking about compromise but not actually stuck in the middle of an argument right now. But marriage and relationships should be fun a lot of the time. And I think if we can give ourselves permission to disagree In the context of this is still a fun and caring and loving relationship, um, then these arguments, there's kind of an upward spiral effect. The arguments carry less weight. They don't feel as as uh, heavy or threatening. um, And therefore, the argument itself gets easier, too.
0: That's awesome. You're so smart. We're just so smart. Um, okay, so John, at the end of each of our episodes, Asha and I like to close with what we call your next edit. So it's a tangible action that listeners can take away from the episode and implement, like today. So I would love to hear what your next edit is on this topic. It can be, you know, a key tip from something we discussed um, today, or it can be something else entirely.
1: Sure, uh, I think it's a great idea. I love homework. Um, <laughs> I think that. People could, in general, and I'll include myself in that bucket, I, um, we can identify pretty readily, do I tend to insist on getting what I want, or do I intend to roll over and sort of overgive, which we've talked about? So if you, in listening to this podcast, have identified yourself as one or the other of those, I would say um, it's a great idea to go invite your partner. Into that, invite your partner into saying, Hey, I've noticed this about myself. Do you where do you think you fall? Are you also an overgiver or an over pusher? Um, and then experiment with doing the opposite once, one time. If you're somebody who rolls over too quickly, pick one thing that you want to say with assertively, you know what? This would be really important to me to get this, and then ask your partner to help you get it. And if you're the other way and you always insist on getting what you want, say, you know, um, I would really like to sacrifice something for my partner to move into the spirit of feeling good about giving something up for my partner and go make that offer.
0: I think that is awesome. And, you know, I I think you'll remember, you know, that New York episode that I referenced earlier, but that was um a time when i did the the latter was the per- you know the person who made a compromise and i got to say it felt awesome <laughs> it felt really good to to say okay i'm going to i'm not going to i'm going to take the other side of this and really support you know the person that i care most about in the world and it was really really good so i guess i'm just bringing that up to say that i think it can be scary for people to jump to the other side if they're used to being in one comfortable place but it's it's worth the risk Friends, I hope you enjoyed hearing John's calm, steady wisdom. I loved revisiting this conversation so much. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life a review on Apple Podcasts or tell a pod-loving friend about the show.